This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast. Today, I am recording a solo episode, and I wanted to start this year by chatting just one-on-one with you. I cannot believe that it's already 2022. It feels like it's still 2020. Like I feel like time has permanently frozen at around 2020, uh, March to be specific. But no, seriously, after that, everything has been a blur. I feel like the years have gone on so fast. And I still feel like 2019, 2018 was only one, two years ago. It doesn't feel like we're already at 2022. Like that's just absolutely mind blowing to me. And I feel like everyone says that every year. Like, has there ever been a year where someone's like, oh, it's 2022? Really? It feels like 2024. Like, I feel like no one's ever said that, you know, it always seems like, oh my God, how has the new year happened already? But I'm still going to say it regardless because it still is shocking, even if it's something I say literally every single year. Next year, I'll be saying the same thing. You can count on it. But I know that there are probably a ton of podcasts that you're listening to about the new year and about goals, but I really do hope this one is a little bit different. And I hope that this one encourages you um, to reflect and also inspires you for the new year that's coming. I wanted to start off this podcast by giving my highs and lows, which is a very frequent segment that I do on almost every episode. But instead of doing highs and lows of the week, I thought it'd be fitting to do highs and lows of the year. But before that, I wanted to start the episode with some gratitude for all of the reviewers. As of December 20th, which is when I am recording this, we are almost at 900 reviewers. It would be absolutely insane to hit 900 before 2022. So if you are enjoying this podcast and found value over the past year, please leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if I was your one of your top podcasts in Spotify wrapped this year, I literally wanted to pinch myself every time I saw it. Like I cannot believe it. When those story reshares started coming in, I wanted to scream and cry because I was in absolute shock at the people that support me that much. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. My top ones, I'm like, they're like, I feel like they are my friend. I love listening to it. I get so excited every single week. And the fact that I am that person for some of you listeners is absolutely insane to me because I know how much my top podcasts mean to me that I am just so thankful that I could be that for some of you. So thank you so much. If you guys posted that, if I was in your top five, whatever it looked like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I literally can't believe it. But here is this week's reviewer of the week. I'm starting the year strong with this one. Uh, The title is Relatable Conversations. And she says, I love how Natalie makes you feel like you're sitting in a combo with a friend while also delivering value with each episode. Super easy listening while also thought invoking. Thank you so much, Emmy, for reviewing the podcast. If you happen to write a review, you can DM me personally on Instagram so I can thank you. But yeah, I always want these podcasts to feel like you're sitting in with a friend. I feel like if you follow me on any social network, like if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow me on YouTube, if you follow me on TikTok, whatever it is, I feel like my podcast is somewhat my most personal, which some of you might disagree because I'm constantly interviewing other people, but 
it's a very raw and unedited rant. Like I feel like you probably feel like you're like in a car with me right now. If you're listening there, or like I'm sitting next to you at your desk or we're having coffee together, whatever it is where you listen to podcasts, that's always how I want it to feel. And I don't want it to feel like it's some scripted podcast show. And you know, it's so formal. And I listen to some shows like that, that get like good reviews and like, they're supposed to be really great. And then I listen to them and I'm like, this feels like a like it's so scripted or it's like not natural. I don't feel as connected to the host and I usually don't end up listening again. So I never want that to be what this feels like. I want it to feel like a friend and I hope that this podcast has given that to you this year. I mean, this year was a lonely year for a lot of people. It was another hard year in a row for a lot of people. I mean, I feel like it definitely looked up from 2020, but it was still a difficult year for a lot of people. And so I hope that this podcast kind of gave you comfort in that year. And even if it wasn't this specific podcast, I hope that there were podcasts and things out there that you know you found comfort in because I know that I definitely did. My favorite podcasts have come with me on the road. They've come with me in planes. They've come with me on walks. Like I've just felt very connected to them. So I hope that that's what this podcast did for you, uh, at least a little bit this year. Um, but without further ado, let's get into the highs and lows because I, I wanted to spend some time reflecting on 2021, reflecting on the year and just telling you guys about, you know, how I experienced this year. And I talked about this in a previous episode, but I am incredibly bad at reflecting. That is a really bad trait of mine that I want to work on. And so that's why I do things like this and I do exercises like this because I I think it's so important, but it's just not a strength of mine. And it's something that I am, you know, learning to do better. So reflecting and looking back is not a strength of mine. I am so bad at looking back. And so this year when I sat down and I wrote down my highs and lows of this year and I I sat and I reflected of like, the, the year that was 2021, it was really hard for me to think of some things because I am very forward thinking. I just want to think about what's next. I don't really want to look back. And I think that's why I'm like so impulsive. I'm like the most impulsive person. Like, okay, I want to do something. I'm immediately going to do it. And I'm not going to like look back. I'm not going to have regrets. I'm just going to kind of move forward. And so when I do have to sit down and I have to think of my previous year and I have to think of highs and I have to think of lows, it makes me really uncomfortable because I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm just very go, go, go that it's just like not natural for me to look back, which has a lot of pros, but it also has a ton of cons. It's that fire sign in me. I am not into astrology guys, but whenever I read about being an Aries fire sign and I am like a double Aries and I don't know what my third thing is, but um, I always am like, yep, that, that sounds about right. So I always blame, you know, my impulsiveness and my rash decision making and the ability for me to not look back and not have regrets and the ability to meet for me to like move on very quickly. Um, I, I blame that on the fire sign in me and the Aries in me. So if any of you are into that, I feel like that probably is spot on um, with like what an Aries is. And I just like, I like looking at like the description and the characters uh, or the character traits of like the signs, but I don't actually, you know, do like, really like I don't follow anything like that but whenever I have an impulsive decision you bet that I blame it I'm like oh yeah I'm an Aries <laughs> you know I'm, I like know nothing about astrology and the second I do something kind of like Aries like I'm like yep that's me <laughs> and I just kind of like use it as the scapegoat for things so if like things go wrong because of my impulsive decision making I'm like well, that's just who I am. And you know what? That's another toxic trait of mine. I probably shouldn't do that. And I should probably be, you know, more like, um, not self-aware. That's not the right word, but you know, a little like take more responsibility for my actions. 
<laughs> not just blame it on that. But, you know, that's fine. So the fire sign in me does not like to look back. And it makes me a little bit uncomfortable doing these like reflections um, just because of that. And it, it's really hard for me to think of like, and you would think like I document my life. This should be easy for me. You know, like this should be easy to look back and be like, what was I doing then? And while I can tell you what I was doing, I can be like, oh yeah, in April I moved in March, I got a car in January, I got a dog in, you know, September Keon moved here. I can tell you timelines very easily, but it's really hard for me to tell you how I felt or to tell you what I, you know, the highs and lows or to tell you like what I regret or things that I could have done better and things like that. Like that is hard for me to do. So that's why I've been kind of bigger into journaling the past two years. I've been like, I have to keep a journal so I can document these things um, because I can actually put myself then back in that moment. I'm like, oh, okay, literally exactly one year ago today, this is how I was thinking or this is how I was feeling. This is what I was thinking. So it's actually been a really good experiment for me, but I've kind of fallen off the journaling wagon. I don't even remember the last time I journaled. So I, I definitely need to get back into it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is 
the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. I wanted to talk about the highs and lows of 2021. So I'm going to do two highs. I'm going to do one career and one personal. So my career high, I would say, is starting Rella. It is absolutely insane the amount that we've accomplished in just one year. In January, Rella was still a concept. It was a baby concept and there was no code written and nothing was done besides really the idea and the branding. Uh, It was still such a distant dream. Like I had absolutely no clue what I was getting myself into. And I don't think any person on my team did. I really am proud of myself for sticking through it and continuing on with, like I said, this very baby idea that turned into a full-blown startup. I mean, I... I just like it's it's the realest thing that I've ever done, if that makes sense. Like it's something that is so real and scary. And I'm like, whoa, how am I the CEO of Rella? How am I? How did I start this? How do I have co-founders? Like it's just like a fever dream at this point. But it's something that I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going through with it. I mean, we grew our team from just co-founders to eight people, which is insane. And we are officially on the app store and we're available for pre-order. So If you are listening to this, definitely check it out. You can see what was once just a tiny, tiny inkling of an idea that was written out on a Google Doc and onto an actual application in the app store. So if you type in Rella, you will see it and it would mean the absolute world for me if you pre-ordered it. So pre-order it. It's 100% free and then you'll get it downloaded on January 18th. But I mean, that's been the most insane part, like actually seeing it on the app store and like seeing it on people's phones. And I've been using Rella on my phone for a few months now with a few beta testers. So we currently have 110 beta testers. We're rolling some more out um, as we speak. But that is just like so weird. Like I today I posted a reel. I used Rella to plan it. I have sponsorships. They're all planned on Rella. I, whenever I want to make sure something like fits my feed and is aesthetic and like looks good because for some reason I do still slightly care about that in 2021 um, or I guess now 2022, uh, I use Rella. I use Rella to make sure everything looks good, everything's organized. And the fact that I've been actually using it for my own business is just freaking mind blowing. Like I'm using something that I helped build, like what? So yeah, it is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done, but it's also the thing I'm most proud of career-wise, but it's also the scariest thing I've ever had to do too. So If any of you guys have done something like that, whether it's a business, whether it's starting a new job, whether it's moving to a new place, you know that it's like one of those things that's like super, super rewarding and you know that it's for the best and you're so proud of yourself for making that leap. But it's also so scary. And it's, it's one of those things that I've kind of learned this year that everything good has to come out of your comfort zone. And 
Good things usually don't come when you are in your comfort zone, in your little bubble, not wanting to, you know, step outside and dip your toe into the unknown. Usually that is just when complacency comes and you don't grow and you don't learn. And, you know, you you kind of look back and you're like, dang, I, I wish I did more. And so you have to step out of your comfort zone to to experience, you know, that to experience growth and learning and like life lessons. And if you don't do that, um, then I feel like you're going to have some regrets. So that's definitely one thing I learned is that stepping out of your comfort zone is something that's really scary and sticking to things is something that is even scarier, but it is so incredibly rewarding. So I would say that that has definitely been my year high. I feel like anyone listening to this could have guessed that, but yeah, Rella and like everything we've accomplished with Rella has been my career high. And as for my personal high, it is getting Bambino. If you don't know that the very first week of 2021, I think it was January 3rd of 2021, my family got a little baby beagle named Bambino. We named him Bambino because we had to stick with the Italian theme. So we had a beagle. Um, we got him when I was still nine years old or eight years old. I think it was eight years old when we got um, we got another beagle. And for my eighth Christmas, we got a beagle named Da Vinci. And then that was just like a cute name. Like I wasn't like, oh, we wanted to be Italian. Like my family's not Italian, mind you. Um, So we got Da Vinci. And then in 2013, 2012, sometime a while ago when I was in high school, we got Luigi, which is a cute little cavachon. He's a little old man now, but back then he was so like little baby boy, Luigi, he's a cabochon. So then a few years after we got Luigi, we kind of made the realization that we named our dogs Italian names without even thinking about it. So that is when we got Bambino. We realized we had to stick with the Italian theme. Um, and so that's why we named him Bambino. We were coming up with so many names. We were like, should we name him Ravioli, Fettuccine, Alfredo? Like all coming up with all of these pasta names, like Rigatoni. Like it was just like, we were hungry probably when we were coming up with all of these names. Um, and so then we were decided to name him Bambino. My mom came up with that name and it means child, I believe in Italian. And it fits the name so well because he's just like a burst of energy. Um, and I feel like a lot of kids have like a lot of energy. So bouncing off the walls, burst of energy, Bambino, that was by far the high of my year. He is literally the love of my life. Sorry, Keon, but Bambino is the love of my life. And I honestly didn't know that I could ever love an animal that much, which sounds really bad because I have another dog and another dog that passed away a few years ago, Da Vinci. And although I also love them with my whole heart, getting a dog when you're an adult is a bit different. And let me know if I'm alone in this or if you guys think so too, because you have more responsibility. You understand the work that goes into it. And you can view them more as yours. Like even though he is a family dog, I still view him as mine because I'm the one that had the idea to get him. I'm the one that bought him. I'm the one that like pays for all his stuff. So like I consider him like my dog kind of, even though he's a family dog. Um, so at least for me, that's what it felt like. I felt like it was, it was just more responsibility. And I feel like when you have that responsibility, there's just like a deeper love for them. Does that make sense? It's, does anyone else feel that way? He's just brought so much laughter and energy and love into our house that I cannot imagine life without him. And I literally want to cry thinking about him. Um, I go home around once a month and it truly is to see him. Like, sorry, uh, it is to see him. Don't get me wrong. I want to see my family. But the reason I go home so often is because of Bambino. He's home in North Carolina with my family because like I said, he really is a family dog at this point. But I also would just feel so cruel taking him away from a big yard and a big house 
And he has like so many people there all the time to take care of him and to play with him and so much freedom. And then moving him to Miami in like an apartment with just me. Like, I definitely think that that would not be the move for him. So he's definitely the light and the high of my year. And I think that it's really wholesome having something like that. Like, I feel like that's why I wanted to stress the career high and a personal high because yeah, I could have said Rella, you know, but like there were things in my personal life, not career oriented that I, you know, was really happy about. And that, that was a high of my, of my um, year. And I don't want to neglect those just because I feel like traditionally when people do reflections and when they do highs and lows, they think of it from a career standpoint. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like doing these because there are years when, you know, you plateau or there are years when you don't grow or you're not happy at your job. And so you feel like, you know, you can't do these New Year's resolutions, but that's why I wanted to record this podcast and talk about, you know, the personal stuff and the career stuff because they both go together and I shouldn't neglect one to focus on another. Like you can focus on both. As for my lows, I'm going to do the same, a career low and a personal low. For my career low, I'm going to say that my personal brand has definitely fallen short and a bit flat. I haven't spent as much energy on it as the previous years, but it also has just shown in its metrics. I haven't grown that much. Um, I haven't technically, I don't think I've lost any subscribers or followers, but it's just been very, very the same. Like, I don't know what I started with in the year. I wish I could look back, but it wasn't much far off. Like it really wasn't. I felt more burnt out this year also than any other year. And I felt more pressure than any other year. I don't look at the numbers too much because numbers are not everything. And I think that it's just like depressing if you're going to look at them all the time. So I'm proud of myself for like actually training myself to not look at that. Like I truly say that. I feel like a lot of people might say that and you're like, no way. Like, of course you look at the numbers. And yes, of course I look at the numbers, but I don't let them affect me anymore. Like I don't, I'm not, you know, over the moon if I get a video that performs really well. And I'm not like depressed if I have a video that, that, like falls flat. Like I've just, this year has been a year of being content with life, like not letting those things affect me good or bad. And it goes the same with like negative comments. I don't let those affect me good or bad. Don't get me wrong. Positive reviews, positive comments. Of course I get happy with them. And of course I like encourage them. And you know, it makes me very, very happy. And like when I read your reviews, when I see your story reshares, when I see those comments, like I get so giddy inside, but I'm not allowing that to measure my worth. You know, it's not like, oh, the more positive comments I get, the better I am. And it goes the same with negative comments. Like, yes, they do make me sad. Like, I'm not going to lie. They hurt my feelings. I'm not, I don't just read them and like nothing happens. Like I feel very upset and I feel sad and it does, you know, impact my, the moment that I'm reading it. But I don't let it affect my worth. You know, I don't let it positively or negatively affect my worth. So the positive ones, I'm not like thinking I'm better than everyone else. And the negative ones, I'm not thinking that I'm worse and I'm, I'm a bad person or I'm, I'm not good enough. You know, like I, I just don't let it affect me and I've been very neutral. So I, I really don't look at the numbers too much because numbers really aren't everything. But I feel like there is so much content that I need to post and I can't keep up. Like I truly feel like I cannot keep up this year. And that was that was a really low point for me feeling that way because it was kind of a constant lingering feeling some weeks more than others. But it was that constant feeling of I am not keeping up and I am trying to run on this treadmill and I'm falling behind. Everyone else is at like nine miles per hour and I'm sitting here at like, six miles per hour. Like I'm not going fast enough. I can't keep up, but I can't get off the treadmill either. So that's kind of the feeling that I felt this year. And I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but that's like the best way to describe it. Like I'm on it. I'm on that treadmill. I'm going, I'm moving forward, but I'm not going as fast as everyone else. And I can't keep up with everyone else. I'm falling behind and people are lapping me. 
And that's how it feels like this year. So I would say that that's been a little bit discouraging. Um, And I would say that pressure and burnout from social media have been a low this year. So I would say overall, that's been like my career low. And now a personal low. I am so grateful that this took me actually a long time to think about. So I am so incredibly grateful that I can say that and that that actually took me a long time to think about. But I would say my personal low was having to start over. And let me preface this by saying that I am so grateful that I haven't had a huge low. Like I haven't had something that I'm like, yep, that was my low this year. My family has been healthy. I haven't lost a job. I haven't had to like financially struggle. I haven't hit rock bottom. So my low is not the biggest low. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, poor me. I had to start over because even my low honestly wasn't that bad. But I still wanted to reflect because that's the point of this. It's to reflect on the year. And like I said, I'm not good at this. I forget things. You know, I don't remember a lot of things that I need to reflect on. So I I just wanted to say that beforehand. And I also wanted to kind of encourage you if you're feeling that same way, like you're doing this exercise with me, you're thinking of your highs and your lows and you're writing out your goals and you're reflecting on the year. And if you can't think of negative things, I think in 2021, it is so like, it's like a, it's like a prize to have it worse than someone else. I feel like, and I'm not trying to say that to, you know, be insensitive at all, but what I felt on social media and by like comments and things that I've heard, it's like, people are trying to one up each other with like how bad they have it. Because if you don't have it bad, then you can't complain. And so I've, I've felt so hesitant complaining or talking about any struggle because I know people have it worse than me. I know I am incredibly privileged and, and lucky and blessed and whatever you want to call it. Like I a hundred percent know that. And so I felt like, Oh gosh, like, can I not say anything? Like, can I not say like when I'm having a bad day or can I not say when I'm reflecting, like that's a low of mine. And so I wanted to let you know if you feel that way too, because honestly, every single person could feel that way because there is someone that has it worse than every single person listening to this podcast. Like newsflash, you do not have it worse than others. Other people have it much worse than you, but that doesn't mean that you cannot be sad. It doesn't mean that you can't complain. It doesn't mean that you can't be like, have a low moment and, you know, get in your feels. Like it does not mean any of that. It, it, you are allowed to feel whatever you want to feel. And honestly, you can't even control what you feel. So it's so silly for us to be like, you can't be sad because other people have it worse than you when you can't even control if you're sad or not, you know, like this, I don't know. That's a kind of a rant for another podcast, but I just feel like when I was doing this, I felt like shame for not having something worse. I was like, Oh no, I need to have something worse. But you know what? I feel like a lot of you probably relate to that because honestly, everyone has something something worse than everyone else. So my low may not be the biggest low, but I did still want to reflect because that's the whole point of this episode. Moving back to North Carolina from New York City, I have to start over and I only lived in New York City for a year, but I felt like I had my footing there. I had made friends. I had found my routine. I could envision a future for myself there. But once I moved back home and when I first moved to Miami, I felt like I was showcasing a really great and content life like online and on social, but I felt so disconnected from everyone. Um, And I am someone who has a hard time getting myself out there. I feel like I have to turn a switch on whenever I'm meeting new people. It's like it's and it, it drains my social battery really quickly. And I also felt like I had drifted apart from a lot of my friends that I did have. And I would say something that I want to work on this year is being more intentional with my relationships, because I will be the first one to admit 
that I am not the best at keeping up with people. So for a while, I just felt stuck and lonely and I never wanted to admit it to anyone but myself. Like I never wanted to say it. I didn't want to say that I felt lonely. Um, I didn't want to say that I did, like felt alone, you know, un- until I did, until I was like, screw this. I'm going to admit it because I, I do feel this way and it's it's fine to feel this way. But it's something that I've always struggled with. It's something like literally forever. Like anytime I've moved to a new school, when I went to college, when I moved to North Carolina, when dating back to elementary school, like I always felt this immense pressure to make new friends. And I always felt like it didn't come easily to me. Like it didn't come easily to put myself out there and find a group of people. So I was always that person that just had like one or two friends. Like I never had a group. I never had a giant birthday party like ever in my life. I feel like I can't even think back, but like, no, I never had a big one. Like my little sister had a birthday party one year where she invited every single person in the grade, literally every single person in the grade. And she had like hundreds of people come to her birthday party. It was a joint birthday party. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams. Not only would I never want to do that. I just like would literally not be able to do that because I never had that many friends. Um, So... (laughs) it's something that I've always struggled with. And I've moved quite a bit in the three and a half years since I graduated college. So I did graduate in 2018. In those three and a half years, I have lived in four cities and I've moved five separate times. So I went from graduating college and then I moved to LA for a few months. I moved back to North Carolina. I moved to New York City. I moved back to North Carolina and then I moved to Miami. And here I am. So add a pandemic to the mix and the world looking a lot different than normal. And I really felt a lot more lonely this year than any other year. And I feel like when you're 25 or 24, 25, when you're in your mid twenties, the loneliness feels so much stronger because it's that moment where you should have friends and you should have your group. And it's not the time to like meet new people. Like you should already kind of have the people you surround yourself with. And while I have amazing friends, I don't have that group. I don't have the, you know, people that I can hit up every single weekend and ask to hang out. And also I'm really bad at connecting with people in the sense of like keeping up with them. Like if I hang out with you one weekend, I need to recharge the next weekend, you know? So it's been one of those things where I've just felt lonely um, this year. And then also having to like meet new people where you have to feel constantly on all the time has been a low point. But I, again, like I said in the beginning, I'm grateful that I really haven't had a big low. And if that's my low, I'll take it. So those are my highs and lows of 2021. And one thing I'm going to be doing this year is writing down all of my accomplishments this year. It could be career accomplishments, could be personal, could even be really small or superficial accomplishments. And I won't be sharing them anywhere because this isn't meant to brag. Like I don't want to sit here and brag and show people my highlight reel because that is what it is. It's a highlight reel if you're only writing down your accomplishments. But it's for me to look back on and see how far I have come. It's for myself. It's for me personally and absolutely no one else. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the day to day. And I really want to look back at these moments and see how far I've made it, Uh, especially in those moments when you're feeling down. I think this is a really good thing to look back on. So I encourage everyone listening to this to do the same after this episode. Just take a pen and paper and a notebook or a journal and start writing a list of every single thing that you've accomplished. Everything, even if it's small, you can write, I got out of bed 365 days this year. That is an accomplishment, you guys. And I wouldn't even consider that a small one because you know what? Some people don't and some people didn't. And that is why that is an accomplishment this year. Um, Another one could be, I worked out at least once a week every week. Great. You stuck to a routine. I called my mom every single week. You're mending that relationship with a parent. You're growing that relationship with a parent. You're fostering that relationship. Like it doesn't matter what it is, whatever an accomplishment looks like in your life, it's gonna look different for every single one of us. Write it down. It is so easy 
to not realize these good things that you've done and only focus on the lows or the negatives. And that's why I say even like the personal ones, even the small ones, write them down because your career is not everything. Your career is not your life. It is not your whole life. It is a part of your life. And it could be a big part of your life, but it is not the ever encompassing you. Like that is not who you are. You are so much more than that. And I don't only want you to write down, you know, those career goals that you've had and career accomplishments that you have, because it's really easy to do. So don't only focus on negatives. Don't only focus on your career. Focus on everything and as a whole and write it down. One of my very favorite parts of the new year is that I get to write a bunch of goals down and see if I'll reach them. So I wrote down goals from last year and reading over them is really funny because I didn't hit almost any of them, like literally almost none. (laughs) And you would think by that, you would be like, oh my God, you didn't hit any of your goals. You must have had like a really bad year. I've had a great year. I've had an amazing year and I didn't hit almost a single one of my goals. So you know what? Take that for what it's worth. Um, But a lot of my goals were monetary or analytics-based because, you know, those are easy to track and it's easy to say, like, I hit it or I didn't. Uh, So here were my goals. And I'm going to tell you if I hit them or not. And almost every single one of these, I literally think I only hit one of them. So here were the goals for 2021. Hit 350,000 subscribers. So no, that did not happen. I'm currently at 300,000, but I did hit 300,000, which is cool. Next one hit 100,000 followers on Instagram. Nope, not even close. Did not happen. I think I'm at 60K and it keeps going up and down. So not even close. Um, The next one was to make a certain amount of revenue this year. I don't want to tell you the exact revenue because that's a little bit personal, but I didn't quite hit that. I wasn't super far off and I did make more than last year, which is exciting. But uh, no, I did not hit that. Raise 50K to 100K for Rella. And I can actually say we hit that one, which is exciting. We did raise over $100,000 for Rella and we're currently fundraising again. Um, launch Rella's MVP. We didn't quite launch our MVP in the sense that it's out there like like in people's, like on every single person's phone, but we did launch our beta and we're on the app store. So you know what? I'm going to consider that a success because we did launch our MVP through beta and it's it's out there. So I'll say, yeah, we hit that. We hit two goals. Next one was to earn 60K on WeBloom Social, which is an agency slash freelance services that I launched last year. And oh my God, that quickly dissolved. That was a career regret of mine launching that when then all of a sudden I had this idea for Rella. But you know what? It's kind of like marriage when you know, you know, when you find the right person, you know, it was this. When I found the right thing I wanted to do, I knew and I put all my eggs in that basket. Well, not all my eggs, but you know, WeBloom morphed into Rella um, once, especially once I realized that I couldn't do it all. The next one was to buy two houses. I did not buy two houses. That was a pretty ambitious goal for honestly anyone. I bought one house though. So I consider that an accomplishment. Um, Sell a house and make a certain amount of profit. And I did sell the house. I'm not going to share the amount of profit that I expected to make, but I did sell the house and make a profit. And I actually posted about how much money I made um, in profit on my YouTube video. So whether it's out or not, I'm not sure because I recorded it a while ago and the brand still hasn't approved it. But you know what? You'll find out the profit that I made. (laughs) But no. So I guess that one is a half half goal. I did sell it, but I didn't make the exact profit that I thought. But honestly, looking back at that profit, I'm like, who did I think I was? I will probably never make that profit on a house. I think it was just like, I didn't know. I didn't know that that, I don't know. I think I just, ignorance, guys, that was a high profit I was aiming for. And then the next one is make a certain amount of money on my podcast. Again, not going to share the exact number, but no, I did not hit that podcast goal. Hopefully next year. 
But as you can see, all my goals were numbers driven, which is good for tracking purposes. But also I wish I had some more personal goals on here. But I realized that this time last year, I was so career oriented and my entire identity was wrapped up in what I do. And that was it. I drifted away from friends. I felt like a loner because all I cared about was hitting these metrics. And looking back now, I don't care one bit that I didn't hit these goals. Would it have been nice? Sure. But it's not the only thing that matters. So while I still have revenue and analytic-based goals, those aren't the only ones that I'm working on here. So here are my goals for 2022. And I can't believe I'm actually saying 2022. Yes, we're circling back to that. And it'll probably be a while for me to get used to it. But I want to grow the Rella team. I would love to add some more members of the team and scale at a quicker pace. I want to hit a certain amount of users on Rella. Hint, it's in the tens of thousands of users that I would like to hit. I want to foster the relationships that I have now and continue to put myself out there and make and grow genuine friendships, especially here in Miami. I want to hit 350K subscribers on YouTube. So we're recircling that goal. We're repurposing it. It's getting repurposed in the next year, you know. Um, I want to grow deeper in my relationship with Keon, especially as this is the first year that we're fully not long distance. Um, I want to explore more and go on more road trips and mini vacations. I want to go to Disney. I want to go to Tampa. I want to go to the Keys. There's so many places just in Florida that I could literally just drive to. So I really want to do more of those. I would like to purchase another investment property this year. I want to get plugged into a community or a church. Um, I want to participate in more community service and also up my donations. I also want to take time for more resting and relaxing and sticking to a morning routine that includes journaling, quiet time, and a fitness routine. I have the fitness one down, but I have kind of fallen off the wagon with journaling and quiet time. So I really want to make sure that that's part of my routine like that. I cannot go without it. I want to hit a certain amount of downloads on my podcast episodes. I want to regulate my hormones. And I also want to increase my vitamin levels because as you know, I've gotten off birth control. Um, my vitamins were a bit uh, depleted and certain certain vitamins were depleted. So I want to make sure that my health is on track. I want to food prep more. I want to become the Emily Mariko. You know, I want to live her lifestyle. I want to food prep a lot more. She's been my inspiration for food prepping. I also want to post consistently and gain an audience on TikTok because you know what? That is not there for me right now. I think right now I'm at 6,000 followers and I would love to hit like 100K on TikTok by the end of the year. I also want to hit 100K followers on Instagram. And all of these things are my 2022 goals. And I feel like they are much more balanced than the year before. I have personal, I have career, I have metrics. I don't have metrics. Like it's just a more well-rounded goal which also makes a lot more sense why I burnt out so much quicker this year than the other years. But I would love to know what your goals are. On our Instagram account, you can share your goals so we can repost them and have a community of people putting what they are looking to accomplish this year out there into the world. And also, I wanted to thank everyone for such an amazing year. This year, I got to interview some of the coolest guests and have a ton of new listeners tuning in every single week. If you have enjoyed this episode or this podcast at all this past year, please, please, please screenshot it and share it on your story so you can tell other people about the podcast. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. I hope everyone actually takes the time to reflect and write down what they hope for 2022. And I hope everyone also has a very happy, happy new year. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it encouraged you and I'll see you guys next week. You're lucky that this isn't the last episode of the year because I could have said I'll see you next year. But you know, it's already the new year. So I'm just going to say I'll see you next Monday with another episode of The Real Real Podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.
Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.